0: Welcome to The Vampire Squid, a podcast about increasing transparency and education in finance. This is your host, Alan Lee, and welcome to episode 56 of The Vampire Squid. Today, we have on a very special guest, Bethy Hardiman, who's the chief consumer advocate at Credit Karma. And Credit Karma is a company that provides free credit score reports, uh, analysis and insights into your credit score and how you can get that score higher. Uh, and to be honest, you know, I don't even have that good of a grasp on my credit score or what that score represents in my personal finances. So I thought today's episode would be very useful um to understand to better understand your credit score as well as how to get that credit score higher. And obviously the credit score is important for applying for credit cards, for loans, and even mortgages down the line. Um, and I had wish I had taken one of these courses in high school or in college. Um, but hopefully you find today's episode helpful so that you can get better on track for your personal finances down the line. And without further ado, here's Bethy. So welcome to The Vampire Squid. I have on a very special guest with me today, Bethy Hardiman. And Bethy is the Chief Consumer Advocate at Credit Karma. Bethy, thanks so much for coming on to the show.
1: Thanks for having me, Alan.
0: Great. Um, so before we dive in into Credit Karma and personal finance, would you mind just giving a quick overview and how you got to become the Chief Consumer Advocate at Credit Karma?
1: Sure, absolutely. Um, so I've been with Credit Karma for almost seven years now. Um, Started out writing a lot of content, so kind of a crash course in all things credit and how to best manage your debt uh, and improve your credit health. Um, And, you know, from there, I I just got used to writing about all of that, talking about it, that it just kind of made sense for me to be more of the consumer face for Credit Karma and um, do interviews and things like that to talk about practical financial advice for consumers. Great. Great. So, I mean,
0: I wish I had taken a personal finance course in high school and in college because, uh, you know, to be honest, I, I don't have that deep of an understanding of it. And it's ironic since I work in finance. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, could you just give a quick overview of, you know, why a credit score is so important and, you know, some of the inputs and, and things that people use a credit score for?
1: Yeah, I I think we all wish that, Alan, Um, and, you know, hopefully it's something that uh, will just keep getting better and better as more people realize that it's important younger to learn about finances. Um, So when it comes to credit scores, you know, a lot of people think, oh, well, they don't matter. You know, I don't plan on using credit cards, so I don't need to pay attention to them. And, And it's all well and good if you don't plan on using credit cards. A lot of people are in that boat. But the thing is, your credit matters for a lot more than just that. I mean, think about it. You're coming out of college, um, renting an apartment for the first time, and yes, your credit will get checked in that case. So if you've never used your credit before, then you could be starting out with a blank slate and there's nothing to check. So there's no history to base the risk off of, and someone else might get that apartment over you. So that's just one example. It can also um, be really valuable when you're looking to get new utilities set up. Even renting a car is hard to do if you don't have credit. So, you know, there are a lot of practical things outside of just getting loans or just getting credit cards that your credit score is used for. Gotcha. Because I remember
0: earlier this year, I was actually applying for a Chase Sapphire card. I think one of the Chase Sapphire Reserve cards came out and they had a lot of good benefits. Yep. <laughs> and I, I applied for the card and I got turned down because they noted that I had I didn't have any credit history. Um, oh wow. It was because I was an authorized user on my parents' credit cards. So I actually didn't really build any of my own credit. So I wasn't even able to get this credit card. So that's when it really hit home for me and I was thinking why why did I not know about this beforehand or, or I wish I had known about it. Um, so now I, I'm on another credit card that's a little bit more beginner credit card but I'm on my way to building a good credit score, hopefully.
1: Yeah, well, that's that's where it starts for a lot of us. You know, I've, I've actually only ever had credit cards. That's the only way I've built my credit. And I started out with just sort of a standard credit card from my bank. Um, didn't give me any fancy rewards or anything like that. I think it had a $500 limit and used it. And then eventually, so when I started working for Credit Karma, um, I learned a lot about just different credit cards for different credit score bands and, um, getting cards that could pay you back for your spending and using those cards responsibly. Um, and now I have one of those fancy chase cards (laughs) that I use and my credit score is over 800. So, uh, and that's all just from using credit cards, but it is, it is a patience game. It is a time game. It's not something that happens overnight. Gotcha. And
0: so say I'm to start off using a credit card, um, obviously, I think most people know you should pay your bills on time. Um, And are there any other ways to increase your credit score or increase it faster?
1: Yeah, that's always the question, right? How do I make this happen faster? Um, So, yes, paying the bills is the most consistent way to improve your credit score. Uh, Something else that you can think about is uh, making sure you're showing activity at all. So a lot of people think, you know, I'll just get the card and then it's there and then I have it. But If you don't use it, then you're not showing any responsible credit behavior. Um, And I'm going to counter that with another point, and it's that you don't need to carry a balance from month to month to show that responsible credit behavior. So this is a really common myth. People think that you need to, like, keep some amount of money on the credit card to show that you're using it, but that's not the case at all. Um, And and often that could lead to just paying interest on something that you don't need to. And then another thing to think about is your credit utilization. So this is basically how much of your credit card balances you're using in a snapshot in time. Mm -hmm. And the best thing there is to make sure that you're keeping it under 30% across all of your credit cards. Lower is better, you know, you're showing that activity but you're not showing that you're using too much of your credit cards. And in order to not pay interest, you're paying it off in full every month. And in order to improve your credit, you're paying it off on time every month. So that's kind of the formula for making credit cards work for you.
0: So I heard a thing about the credit limit, and I've historically heard you know, it's good to have it um, lower, so having a higher... Uh credit limit is good. But then I also heard some people say that having too high of a credit limit isn't necessarily good as well if you're just using it, if your utilization rate is too low. Is that is that accurate or, or what do you think about that?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure about that. I don't think that there's some like hard and fast rule about, you know, it should only be this high if you're using this much of your credit. Uh, I do know, though, that, you know, you start to get into this and you've been using credit cards for a while, mm-hmm. your credit card issuers are like, oh look, Alan's using his cards really wisely. We're gonna bump up his credit limit. What that might do, um, I, I'm sure that you're a very responsible consumer and you're paying off your bills on time and not maxing out your cards, but what that does for some people is it gives them the temptation to spend beyond what they really should. So my mantra is always to use my credit card like my debit card. In fact, my, my husband and I budget that way. So. We, we know how much we have to spend every month. Um, we, we use an app to kind of like check ourselves, but we use the credit card to put the spending uh, on there so that we get the benefits from it. And then we just pay it off in one fell swoop every month before the due date. That makes sense.
0: Is there any other credit myths that you've encountered you know, while at Credit Karma that a lot of people seem to believe in but may not necessarily be true?
1: Yeah, um, the credit card stuff is like a a whole thing you need to learn how to manage and a lot of myths and tricks in there, which I mentioned a few of those earlier. Um, Something else is that you you have one credit score or that you can you can get the credit score for yourself that your lender is always going to see. Um, And, you know, one of my favorite things to talk about is that credit scores were not made for consumers to begin with. Credit scores. you can dig into the history and get really nerdy about it, but uh, in summary, credit scores were created um, as a tool to assess whether or not you're a risky borrower, whether or not, you know, Sam wants to lend his money to you. And back in the day, that might mean, like, uh, you know, old-timey days going to the general store, and they had, like, an actual tab with your credit, and they're like, well, I know I know Alan always pays back his debts, so I'm going to go ahead and let him take this bag of flour without paying for it when he's getting it, and I'll just put it on his tab because I know he's gonna pay it off. So that's sort of like the early concept of credit system. Um, and so these credit scores kind of came out of that practice of how do we like, assess the risk of lending to this person? Um, but you know that's kind of frustrating as a consumer because there's this number um, that's really mysterious that's being used to make all these decisions about you And back in the day, you didn't know about it, you didn't have access to it. Um, It was just a business, right? And it was being sold uh, on your behalf. Um, So now credit scores are still a business, but consumers are a lot more aware of their existence. And in fact, there are different laws and things in motion so that you should have access to this data. And Credit Karma has always believed that, that, um, that you should have free access to the data that's being used to assess your risk. So long story short, there's not just one credit score because if there were, then anyone could get a handle of it and there wouldn't be this sort of business of like selling off models that are better this month than they were last last month or take into account different things depending on what you're going to borrow. So your mortgage lender wants to see something different than your uh, credit card provider. Um, So if you think you can try to find the exact credit score that your lender is going to check, that's not gonna be the case. But it's more important to monitor for the trends in the scores, and also what's behind them, which is your credit report data. Um, And that's really what what Credit Karma was founded on, is that this data is yours, you should have access to it, but more importantly, you should monitor the trends behind it. So your credit utilization, which is one thing we just talked about that, that can change every month, that's something that you can impact actively every month, or the debts that you have, or if anyone else has opened an account in your name. So, you know, just, just track those trends, find a score to latch on to, but know that you don't just have one credit score.
0: Gotcha. And, and is that credit score the ones that are different? Is that the ones that are different between like an Equifax versus a TransUnion score? or Is that what you're referencing?
1: Um, there are actually a lot of different entities that create credit score models. So um, Equifax, TransUnion, and Experian. They're the credit bureaus that actually house all of your data, so all of this personal data, this history of how you've been handling your debts, right? Um, And they do have models, credit score models, that they've generated off of that data, Um, but there are also others that create these models uh, depending on the use, like like I mentioned, for the mortgage industry or credit cards specifically. Uh, But those companies um, mainly are about housing that data um, and then creating in a way creating a way to assess the risk based on that data.
0: Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So the, the point is that you know you want you want to monitor the trends in your credit score uh, more so than just necessarily one hard and fast number. So that makes sense.
1: Exactly, yeah.
0: And just curious, you know, there's been obviously a lot of talk with the Equifax hack uh, that's happened you know, in the last few weeks where you know millions of people's credit scores were exposed. Um, does that impact Credit Karma at all? Or does that impact us, the user?
1: Yeah, I mean, we're we're all mo- technically users of, of Equifax. Um, you know, like I said, they house every consumer's data. So so it's not a matter of whether or not you've actually gone to their site before and signed up for account, an account. It's that you have a credit record at all. Um, as far as Credit Karma goes, uh, we use Equifax for credit reports and credit scores. So we go and pull that data for you um, on your behalf when you tell us to. But no, that data was not impacted at all. In fact, um, it's it's a really good thing that we're monitoring your credit um, report and scores from Equifax as well as TransUnion because we'll monitor them for you um, on an ongoing basis proactively. So you can pull a new score every week from both of uh, TransUnion and Equifax, but your credit report will actually proactively tell you if there's a new account on your Equifax report or a new hard inquiry on your TransUnion report. And then you can catch uh, potential identity theft quickly or if it was something that you applied for, it's just a nice check to see, okay, there it is, that's the card that I applied for. Um, So having, having that, um, that membership with Credit Karma is really a huge benefit, especially when in this time of breaches, you know, um, Equifax isn't the only one and we're coming up on the holidays, which is unfortunately a really popular time for, um, uh, for fraud um, and ID theft. So being aware of that and also having your credit monitored by uh, Credit Karma, which does it for free, is really going to help you catch that activity quickly before it does some serious damage. Is it
0: bad to open up too many credit cards or or is there a limit of how many credit cards one person should own?
1: (laughs) That is a, a great question and such a common question. So, um, there is not a hard and fast rule. Uh, there, there are some like caveats to that. So for instance, I think I probably have about six credit cards. I use like two of them really actively. Um, Uh, A a coworker of mine has, I don't even know how many, like dozens of credit cards because he uh, loves getting those rewards points and loves um, trying different bonuses and things like that. And that's fine if you can manage that level of uh, um, uh, like different due dates um, and balances and things like that. You've got to be real, real attentive to do that. But where it gets tricky is the application process. So what you don't want to do is say... Okay, I know I want these ten credit cards, and then go apply for all of them at once. That does not work. <laughs> um, in fact, you might get approved for the first one that the application goes through for, but then the rest it'll it'll tell you, "Hey, you have too many recent applications." And and you know, think about it in terms of somebody who's thinking about lending money to you. It might look like you're 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 desperate for that cash, or you're desperate for those credit cards. Um, So better to start out small and make sure you can manage it responsibly. And then, you know, over the years, um, you know, what I did was I just kept upgrading to something a little bit better. And then I would kind of reevaluate and say, is this card still worthwhile for me, especially if it was a card that had an annual fee, um, making sure that I'm getting enough rewards to balance out that annual fee. And if the answer is no, then sometimes I would would say, well, I'm going to close this card because it's more expensive for me to hold on to it. Um, but oftentimes, keeping them open can keep your um, credit healthy because you have that nice, long length of credit history, which definitely factors into your credit score.
0: Yeah. And does closing a credit card, or at least from what I've heard, that negatively impacts your credit score a little bit immediately? But obviously, if you're not using it, then it's, it's not good either. Is, is that correct?
1: Yeah, there's, it's not that, you know, I would never say, oh, never close a credit card. It, it comes down to the actual circumstance. So in my example, if a card is costing me more than it's benefiting, then, you know, then I'm just wasting money. Like a good credit score is all about saving money. So that benefit is not there for me. And one way that closing a credit card can impact your credit quickly is with the credit utilization rate. So, if you decide to close a card and it's one of your cards that has the highest credit limit and say, you know, you have balances across the other cards that um, uh, the due dates haven't come around yet and they're hovering right around 30%, you close that other card and maybe they it skyrockets to 50%, that can damage your credit in the short term. But again, because you can impact your credit utilization every month, that's something that you, could, you can usually remedy quickly. And then thirdly, uh, you know, I mentioned the credit history part. So just because you close a credit card doesn't mean that it stops impacting your credit right away. Um, you have like a seven year window in which that card kind of remains in your credit history, your activity on that card. Um, then it's gonna fall off your credit report. One exception, exception to that I would say is some newer scoring models are coming out that um, either favor more recent activities, so they might look at the cards that are more active, or, um, in some cases, only look at open accounts. So, again, it's kind of like uh, it comes down to the individual. It comes down to what your financial goals are. And, ultimately, if a credit score is there to help you save money, thinking critically, is this card part of that for me? Or, you know, am I willing to kind of take that small hit? Makes sense. Um, and say,
0: you know, I'm in college and I have my first credit card. Um, and I'm you know, using it for things like eating, maybe going out a little bit. You know, what, are your, what are your pieces of advice to someone that's either in college or their first job out of college um, in terms of understanding their credit score or, or getting a more healthy score?
1: Yeah, so you got that credit card. That's awesome. Pay it off on time. Pay off the full balance if you can. At least the statement balance. Um, so that means that uh, you won't be paying any interest, but the full balance, you know, kind of just wipes the slate clean every month. Um, and then I would say just keep tabs on your credit. So it's actually really exciting early on, especially if that's your first card, um, to see how your credit score is being impacted month over month by your credit behavior, especially if it's positive, of course. <laughs> um so use a tool like Credit Karma and track that over time because, like I said, you can come back every week and sometimes in those early days, a week can make a difference. You can see those score jumps on a regular basis and that's that's really exciting. That's really motivating. Um, and then, you know, also I would say, you know, make sure there's some some budgeting in the mix. Uh, you know, like, like you said, you're going to use that credit card for like going out to eat or paying for gas or whatever. Make sure that that card is is like cash for you. It's not, you know, you're not spending above what you would normally spend. Um, and then something else to think about is, you know, if you're a college student these days, a lot of you have student loans and you're not paying them back today. Um, you know, you're, you're, you're living off them in terms of your tuition, maybe room and board. Um, and something, I know this is a, a little bit um, earlier in the example you gave, but when you're at the point of taking out student loans, thinking about only taking out the loan amount that you need to cover your tuition and room and board. So, you know, some people will take out some extra buffer or, you know, maybe to pay for um, just, like, whatever spending you need throughout the semester or even to fund, like, a spring break vacation that is really, really not advisable. <laughs> seems, seems, you know, seems common or seems uh, obvious, but um, it's not in some cases. I mean, think about it. Like you said, you you've never taken a per- personal finance course in high school. Maybe um, you didn't have great examples growing up of money management. And you might think, oh, the student loan is meant to help me, like, enjoy college life, enjoy my time. In addition to paying for my tuition, books, things like that. But that vacation that you might use that loan for, you're going to be paying that back for, when you think about it, like decades to come because it's lumped into that overall lump sum and you'll be paying interest on it. And that's just, that's just not a great idea.
0: <laughs> gotcha. Now that, that's helpful. And, and I remember when I got rejected from my credit card application earlier this year, I, I applied um, and signed up for Credit Karma and, and got a few free reports to see, you know, what was going on, which, which has been really helpful. Um, but Bethy thanks so much for taking the time I know you have to to run to pick up your son so I don't want to keep you too much longer
1: yeah thank you Alan Um, it's been a pleasure um, and hopefully some helpful tips for your listeners
0: no I definitely think so Um, and I'll obviously include a link to Credit Karma's uh, site on here and thanks again
1: All right, thank you Alan